0: the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. Joining me this week, really excited. I haven't gotten to talk to him in quite a while, actually. Um, I think the last time I saw your face was maybe the Wisconsin game.
1: Uh, when we yeah. were in person and I met you for the first time. Steve Marek, Varsity Staff Writer. How are you? I'm doing great, uh, Derek. And yeah, it's, uh, it was good to finally meet you face-to-face over there in Madison.
0: Yeah, fun place. Um, it is. Are you tired? Spring football has started. You've been getting a lot of stuff up on hailbarcity.com that I would encourage everybody to go read. There's a spring football tab that you can get to get to everything.
1: Um, How's it going? First week. Yeah, it's it's been really, really fun. Don't get me like, uh, don't get it wrong here. Like, I absolutely love uh, getting to getting to cover football again and having everything start up. But little little schedule planning needs to happen with, like, football and then women's basketball starting the Big Ten uh, tournament play uh, today. And then, uh, um, yeah, baseball, obviously, in, in full swing too. So uh, three beats converging at one, but it's been fun. Nice.
0: There's, a, there's always a little bit of a, a lull kind of in, like, that February area once you get past signing day where yeah. you're kind of in like the dog days of the basketball season. People are just ready for the conference tournament. You know, yeah. if you're not, if you're not like in the top one or two, three spots and contending for a title, everybody's just like, let's just get to the tournament. And then football hasn't started up and then it's everything hits you at once. And it's like, boom, yeah. we're here. No sleep for you. Um, so you got to hear from Scott Frost and pretty much everybody else of importance on, what was that, Monday, um, yep. to kick off spring football. Frost took to the podium. Uh, you got to sit and chat with Nebraska's assistant coaches, coordinators. You talked, uh, sat with Mark Whipple, offensive coordinator, and Eric Shenander, defensive coordinator. We're going to focus the conversation today just on the offensive side of the ball. Um, we're going to hit pretty heavy on quarterback because I think it was kind of interesting the way Frost approached the question about quarterbacks and then the way Whipple approached the question about quarterbacks. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit. Um First, I want to direct people, if they're not already, I don't know why they wouldn't be, but if they're not already, Steve, um, how do people follow you on Twitter? Give your handle real fast.
1: Yeah, my handle is at, and then it's just my name. So it's uh, Steve, S-T-E-V-E underscore, and then my last name of M-A-R-I-K. Is Steve short for Steven, or is it just Steve with you? Yeah, Steven, that's on the birth certificate. Is it with
0: a PH or an F? No, I got a V, man. Oh, you got a V? Okay. Did yeah. I say F? I don't know anybody that would make it an F. No, it's a V. Okay. Yeah, I'd be
1: like a Stefan maybe.
0: My, uh, it was an F. My wife was, was on a, a work call with somebody the other day, and our desks are right next to each other. So when she's working from home, we're working right next to each other. She was on a work call talking to somebody and his name was Steven. And I heard him say, yeah, Steven with a PH. And just instinctually, I don't know if you've heard this, but just instinctually, my
1: brain goes, Steven with a PH, Steven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see where you get that, yeah. And uh, I'm actually glad that my parents went with the V instead of PH. I don't know how I would handle the PH. Even. Um, <laughs> and I said, it, I said it loud enough to the point
0: where so she's on, a, she's on a, a team's call. So they got video on. I can see the guy's face be like, what? He heard it and be like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I have to excuse myself from the room. I'm going to get you fired. So Yeah, just leave at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's fun times. Um, let's talk football. So Casey Thompson took first team reps or it took the first snap. First snap, um, yeah. They're getting, it, it seems like, you know, kind of the goal with spring is to build a foundation with everybody and frost went said he worked with the twos for most of it so when he was asked who took the first snap he said oh i don't know i was with the twos and then when mark whipple was asked who took the first snap whipple said casey thompson like immediately Immediately. like no hesitation casey thompson and then there was a follow-up of like why somebody's trying to get out of him like what do you see in him just like natural follow-up and whipple was (laughs) like I mean you you know the answer to that question. And then there was another follow up and he just like very straight to the point. He's the best guy right now. Simple. Yeah.
1: What did yeah. you think of that? So, it was it was funny like when when Mark um said Casey Thompson like immediately, so fast after the question got done. Um, being being asked I immediately thought of like oh did he not get the memo about like Scott not talking about quarterbacks <laughs> you must or maybe or maybe Scott doesn't want to like say that to the 40-year uh, coaching vet Mark Whipple out whatever it was it was it was kind of entertaining to to listen to uh, Whipple just like break it down his thoughts only and it was kind of fun and and uh I guess something that I'm not used to um, hearing um, from, from a coach at Nebraska talking about uh, quarterbacks, especially in a a spring where there's going to be a battle going on. So um, yeah, it was, that's, that's where my mind went um, right away, but yeah, I mean, Whipple obviously uh, likes what Casey Thompson um, provides and yeah, it's not a total shock that he's um, out there taking the first snaps um, of, of, skeleton drills or whatever they're going to be doing in practice but yeah so it was it was a contrast I guess with with Scott being his normal coach speak self and not saying a whole bunch and and then uh, Whipple just basically blurting out everything so yeah um
0: that contrast is where I want to go to Mm -hmm. um I don't don't think it really surprised anyone to hear that Casey Thompson took the first snap especially when Whipple revealed that that Chuba Purdy is dealing with uh, Nick, you know, Nick. Yeah. So he was nicked up. Yep. Um, none of that is surprising, but the contrast between Frost being his usual Frost self mm-hmm. and Whipple, and you use the phrase, did Whipple not get the memo? <laughs> that is the most interesting thing to me with all of this, because that's exactly what we were wondering if, it, if like that dynamic was going to was, was going to materialize between Frost and Whipple. Um, Frost, throughout the entire search for a new offensive coordinator, talked about needing a guy that he can trust. And there was so much made about that and about whether well, could he not trust the guys that he had previously? How invested was he in the offense previously? Did he have time to do other things? And then in this opening spring press conference, he reveals that when the first snaps were taken with the first team, he was dealing with the second team. And he was asked, Did you spend time with the defense? He said, yeah, he was with special teams. It sounded like Frost felt like he was in a position where he could just set everything down on offense and walk away. And I don't know if he has felt like at any other point in his time as a head coach, if he could do that. And, you know, maybe... I'm not saying that that's necessarily like a bad thing, or I don't bring that up to like knock previous offensive coordinators that he's had on his staff, but this is a departure from the way that, that his time as a head coach has gone to this point. If he feels like he's got a guy in Whipple now where he can just set things down, walk away, know that Whipple's going to handle it. That's very interesting. And then to hear Whipple be like, I mean, I don't know what Frost said, but like, yeah, this is our guy. This is what we're going to do. I heard that and I thought, I wonder what the conversation would be if Matt Lubick did that. Because I don't feel like it would go the same way as the conversation with Whipple. The, the dynamic between Frost and Whipple, I wonder if it isn't like a, um, you know, like a dad and a grandpa.
1: I was just going to say father, son.
0: Yeah. Like, 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 he's just like, you know what? I trust you. Like I have a ton of respect for you and what you've accomplished throughout your career.
1: Um, cool. Yeah. Let's do it. I, I mean, is so Scott, Scott hasn't been a head coach for for very long compared to like other people. This is the first time that he's had, like you said, an offensive coordinator, somebody on his staff, Um, dealing with the offense that is more experienced than him and has been there, done that, knows everything that Scott knows, has seen every single thing a defense can throw at you because he's been coaching. uh, He's been coaching for 42 years, 42 years. I think it's such a relief, like you said, that he can walk into the offensive room and Mark Whipple is owning that room. I don't think I mean, I don't think Scott has to worry about coming in and, and being the guy and, and telling telling all the players how it's going to be. Mark Whipple is doing that right now. And I think that is allowing Scott to take that CEO approach that that uh, Trey Alberts wants him to take. And he's spending time with the defense. He's going over the Bill Bush with, with uh, special teams. He's being more of a head coach and just a little bit less on the plate offense-wise. And yeah, I mean you you look at what Mark Whipple has done in his career, how much experience he has, Scott's got to feel very, I guess, maybe energized and okay that he can be able to do that because he seems very, very complimentary of, of Mark Whipple. And how can you not be?
0: Yeah, he did use the word, I think he said re-energized, um, yeah. like right at the beginning of of his, mm-hmm. his presser. Um, and he did look a little bit, you know, I mean, it's spring. So like, everybody is refreshed everybody is, is yeah, everybody's in a good mood excitement right? everybody's in a good mood yeah but he did seem like he was in a good mood he did seem like he was a little bit more chipper yep he was making jokes about washing hands there um, was a lot
1: of jokes being told on monday i liked it
0: yeah so like you know how much of that is is spring ball and just being super excited and how much of that is is the the difference in Dynamic in the coaching staff and and a direct quote from him. It's just great having coach whip here that gave me a chance to go down and spend some more time with the defense. So like, I don't know. I don't know what like on field impact that kind of change is going to have. If any, I don't know if that will be fruitful. I don't know if it needs to be fruitful, but it's different. It is something different than what he has done through his first, would it be six years, this year four, or year
1: five, or whatever for him in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, it's just something different. And that's yeah. probably good. And something needed to be different, right? Their change had to happen um, um, considering how last, last season went um, with as many one-score uh, losses that, that they had. Um, but, yeah, you're exactly right. Something needed to change. And – like Scott, like Scott was saying, the offense wasn't bad last year. They're pretty good at moving it between the twenties. I it's... have this quote in my notes. Oh, really? Glad, I, I have this quote okay. in my notes. Yeah. I'm glad you went here. Yeah. Go, yeah, absolutely. On. So they had, they really didn't have a lot of, of problems moving the ball between the twenties. It's once they got inside the 20, that that was a problem. They need to, they need to up that red zone conversion perc- scoring percentage. And I think that's what Mark Whipple is here to do. Right. I mean, they have they have the concepts, they have the ideas of moving the ball and it working. Just look at what Scott did at Oregon, at UCF, and now here at Nebraska, look what Mark Whipple did with Pitt and some of his teams at UMass and all the, all the staffs that he's been a part of. It's just a lot of things, a lot of off-season momentum right now, and everybody's in a good mood. And the thing right now is just finding your best players, putting them out there, teaching them what to do. And, you know, it's, yeah, let's, let's talk about that uh, between 20 yard line thing now. Cause I'm interested about what you're going to say. Yeah. I just,
0: I have, you know, here's, here's a quote. We didn't have trouble last year, creating big plays or moving the ball. It was being consistent at the little things when we needed it. I think if we get good at blocking technique, et cetera, et cetera, we can, you know, we can change a route or we can change a run concept, but if we block with good technique, it's going to work. Um. And I highlighted that, and I thought about it, and I was like, you, I mean, they, they were a good offense. Yeah. They, were, they were a good offense, a statistically good offense that moved the ball um, and produced yards. They didn't produce a ton of points, commensurate to those yards, but they moved the ball and, and generally did things that good offenses do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like you said, it was inconsistency with some of the yeah. details. Um, and so to hear, you know, Whipple seemingly have kind of free reign to just say what he wants to say um, or, or at least be able to say what he wants to say without, you know, consequences is a harsh word. Like Frost is going to come beat the gavel or something, but, you know, like consequences, not have consequences. He can, he can do what he wants because
1: he has that cachet. Um, I think he, he has, it sounds like free reign to yeah. me. And like, and it should be. Because yeah. like, how can you like, how can you look at Mark Whipple's resume and like disagree with something that he wants to do. And, and Mark has been very vocal and upfront about it being a collaborative effort between him and Frost and building this offense. And I don't know how much of the run game is going to be Scott's and the passing game concepts is going to be Mark's. I don't know like what that's going to look like, but the fact that they're watching film together, they're putting their heads together. They're, they're like saying, okay, this, this, you know, I've been in this, in the big 10, you know, for, for five, going to be five years now. And and this is what defenses do and blah, blah, blah. And then Mark Whipple saying, okay, well then we can do this. This is what worked it in the ACC. It's just going to be, I'm getting pumped up, just like listen, like talking, talking about it and like wanting to play these games already. But yeah, it's just going to be very interesting to see what this offense looks like and how much, if we ever, if we're ever going to find out how much um, Scott, Scott is doing, you know, with, with everything um, with the run game and the pass game and, and things like that.
0: Yeah. So like they don't need drastic schematic changes. And so you bring in a guy like Whipple and and we've talked about this a ton already, I know, but you bring in a guy like Whipple and he can, he can really focus on, on fixing what needs to be fixed with the offense. And while he's doing that, and if you give him the agency to do that and the runway to do that and you walk away as if you're Scott Frost, like Frost was a very successful player. Frost had a good playing career. He won a national championship and he gets to the NFL as and he was a special teams guy and he transitioned to a different position and it takes something to be able to do that at the professional level. So, it, you know, if if I have a, a Mark Whipple kind of fixing things with the offense or focusing on like detail specific pieces of the offense and then i have scott frost walking around as sort of the helicopter coach the ceo coach seeing you know things that can be corrected here and there and and really kind of digging into the nitty-gritty with guys that are not just the quarterback or at the offensive line or the point of attack like i feel like that's a good that's a good setup and i feel like that that is putting frost in a little bit better position to be
1: successful let me ask you a question. When you when it came out um, when when Trev went on Sports Nightly and he was talking about restructuring uh, Scott's contract and and what he would like to see from Scott next year, uh, this year as a coach. Um, and then he mentioned the maybe stepping stepping away from the offense and being more of a CEO type. When you first heard that, did you believe that Scott was going to do that? Um, yes and no. I like I I heard Trev say that. I'm like, yeah okay right like he'll say it like at the podium but he's like behind the scenes it's going to be like scott's offense still but Yeah. I, th- I think that's kind of being you know like oh i i'm i'm seeing mark whipple with the mark whipple hired now it's like oh boy yeah that, i think that's happening right now
0: yeah it was always going to be super contingent on who they hired as the offensive coordinator yes yeah and so getting whipple was a big step toward allowing frost to do that you know like did i believe trev when he said it initially like i said yes and no like i think i believe scott when he says i desperately want to turn this around of and course i yeah. believe frost when he when he says that it it personally means something to him to be able to turn things around and and so i think like with that being the case like i think that there is a large piece of him that is willing to do what it takes to turn things around. I mean, restructured his deal. He didn't have to agree yeah. to that He probably would have gotten fired if he didn't agree to it, but he didn't have to agree to it. Um, so like, I think that there's, there's that element of it. I also think there's an element of ego that is in place with any coach, with any player at a, at a program of this magnitude. And I think a little bit of ego is good in a sense, um, but I think everybody was kind of curious if some of that could be set aside to say, "All right, well, you know, this hasn't worked, so I'm I'm open to ideas to to fixing it." And you know, I guess that goes back to the the Whipple Frost contrast from day one. Like, there's openness to
1: change, which is good. Yeah, um, yeah, and you you brought up a great point with um, the offense coordinator being Whipple. If it was somebody else, if it was a young you know, quick riser in the college coaching industry, like just throw out Coastal's uh, Coastals. Willie Corn. If, if Willie Corn came over here and was offensive coordinator, coordinator at Nebraska, I think I'd be more apprehensive about believing Scott taking more of the CEO type, even though like Willie Korn is, you know, a really hot name right now. A lot of people are looking at him and his offenses over at Coastal. But yeah, now that with its Whipple, it's like, oh, man, that's an that's excellent hire the dude knows what he's talking about. He lives and breathes and eats football. I mean, it's just, I think they really knocked it out of the park with that hire. Yeah. The other thing that was interesting with the the back and forth between him,
0: when, you know, people were kind of trying to press to, to see what it was that made Casey Thompson number one, like he didn't seem like he was easily pushed into a specific kind of answer or pushed a specific direction. And it, you know, like I, it's it's obviously a super super small window and i'm and i'm making inferences and and speculating to a degree but like you know he seems like a a strong-willed guy or at least a guy that that has a right. lot of confidence in um his track record and what he's done and what he's accomplished and rightfully so i mean he should um and so you know to have that kind of personality um working with for us i think that that'll That'll all help as well. Do you think that this is still a quote-unquote quarterback competition after the spring? Because here we are day one, and yes, Whipple did the thing where he's like, it could change tomorrow. He did the, he did the coach thing. But his knee-jerk reaction was not Casey Thompson, this our guy. Do you think that this is still a quarterback competition at the end of spring, or do you think that there is an element here uh, that we're seeing where it's going to be now we're 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 going to have this decided by the end of spring
1: I okay so I do think that there is still competition do I think that the coaches like Casey Thompson as the leader of that uh, as a top candidate yes obviously but I think there is something to say about it being so on Monday and Tuesday, they were just in helmets and like just going through drills and and getting a lot of things on tape. And that's what the spring is going to be about is getting getting these guys on tape and getting them film to watch. So when they come back in the in the fall, they know what they're going to be doing. They, they have seen it. They they have put themselves in that position and, and are going to do it. Now, I I think it 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 says something about like having the pads on and having everything and actually playing football and seeing what these guys actually actually have um, that that the coaches want to see if that makes sense. I just yeah. you know I of course like I think Casey Thompson it, from what he did at Texas he has the most playing experience and for what position the team is in and what position Scott is in and entering his fifth year with the concert contract situation and needing to see results immediately. Of course, you you go with, I think you would want to go with Casey Thompson. You feel more the most safe, I guess. He he might, he's like the safest pick, I think, that you can that you can have. And he's uh, you know, I just I think that is they aren't gonna call off the qu- quarterback competition after a, a few days of of spring practice. I don't I don't think that'll happen. They want to see you know, what these guys actually got when pads are on and they're really practicing football and, you know, things like that.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't think anything is decided right now. I do kind of tend to lean more towards, we're going to open fall camp with a clear cut number one guy. And unless he does something in fall camp, that number one guy to lose him the job it's his through fall camp. i I kind of feel like that's, that's the direction that this is headed. Um, for two, for two reasons. And both of them were, were things that Whipple said. Um, he mentioned, I'm paraphrasing, that they can do a lot of past stuff just in skeleton. And so when they're just in skeleton, like they're really hammering on past concepts and past stuff with, with the quarterbacks. I, I've, I feel the, the impression that I got was that, you know, we have talked about for three years, like Nebraska's quarterbacks need to run less and they have talked about for three years, they need to run their quarterbacks less. And it's been sort of really marginal. The impression that I got is that it's going to be drastically less with Whipple, that he wants it to be significantly less running. Um, And so to hear him talk about like, you know, how they're performing in skeleton and how they can kind of make judgments because, you know, you can, you can look at what's happening in the passing game, even without guys hitting each other. Um, you know, maybe that's putting too much behind just a, a few choice words at the beginning, but that was, that was something that stuck out to me. And then the other thing was, I, I think it was maybe your question. Um, Whipple was talking about Jordan Addison at Pitt, his wide yeah. receiver. Mm-hmm. I think this was your question. Um, and somebody asked him, like, "When did you know like he was going to be the dude?" And he mm-hmm. told a story about seeing Jordan Addison get popped on a crossing route um, in Pitt's second practice. I don't know if you're talking spring ball or fall camp, but second practice, he said, he saw Addison get hit by the backside safety. He spun out of the hit and he went for a touchdown. And the direct quote that Whipple gave, we made him the starter right then. As I said, the best players are going to play earlier on. He said, quote, it doesn't matter if you've got an 0 10 team, you've got a best player. We try to get the best player, the ball feature. Those guys is what I've always tried to do. That to me speaks to a guy that says, we're going to find you. And if you give us reasons to make you the number one, you're the number one and we're not going to play games. You're going to be the guy. And I don't, you know, mean to just confine this to the quarterback conversation. I feel like they're going to apply that across the board with the offense. Um, If you give us reasons to give you more reps, you're the guy and we're going to let you go. And that's good. I think that's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and when, When Whipple was asked that, you know, the gears started turning in my head. And I was like, okay, so Whipple just said that when he got to pit, somebody came up to him, the receivers, the older receivers came up to him and said, hey, this freshman uh, named Jordan Addison, he's a real deal. And so Whipple was like, okay. And then once the practice started, he started seeing some elite stuff. My question then was, okay, since you've been here in Lincoln, has anybody given you a name of that receiving core of the guys um, in Nebraska's receivers room that could that have like, hey, this guy is like different. This guy's like really good. He didn't give out any names, but obviously, like you know, he has plenty to choose from. And I think multiple guys could be that guy um, that that Whipple kind of picks and says, hey, this is our most talented guy, and we're gonna feed him the ball like over and over and over again, just like it was with Jordan Addison at Pitt, just like it was with Isabella. At uh, UMass, when when Whipple was head coach there, there's just a lot of um, examples of Whipple doing this um, and 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 kind of taking a kid and and using him just because he's the best one that you have. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see who comes out of that. And then um, yeah, just talking about the receivers and you know who who's who's being who's being used in the slot and on the inside. Mickey Joseph had some really good stuff on that. I think that I found interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to be really fun to watch to see who rises to the occasion and and is that guy.
0: Yeah. And there's a benefit
1: to just not playing games um, yeah.
0: with your depth chart. I mean, there's a benefit to it and not saying that that's been done here in the past. But, you know, I, I you know, across the board, like there's the adage with quarterbacks that if you've got two, you've got none. Um, and I think, you know, when you talk about sort of the psychology of that, that can apply to literally any position on a football team. Um, so there's that, I'm going to ask you to make an educated guess on something, not report on anything, just make an educated guess. Okay. With Casey Thompson, the number one right now. And Chuba Purdy right there. What do you think happens with Logan Smothers?
1: So I love Logan Smothers. I like him. I think he's a great kid. Um, does do I think that he necessarily fits all of the highlights and all of the plays that I've watched of Pitt these last few months? Do I see him kind of being the quarterback who who pulls those kind of plays off? No, on the surface, no, I don't. I see I see Casey Thompson doing that more. Um, but what do I think happens with Logan?
0: Well, I, hold on, hold on now because now I have a follow up. Do you see Heinrich
1: doing some of that stuff? I think Heinrich is closer um, to what Mark, a Mark Whipple quarterback should do than Logan Smothers is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Now, from what I've heard with, with Heinrich, there's an accuracy issue there. And um, he just he's so young. He's so raw. The athleticism is so easy to see. He's not slow. He's big. He's a big kid. Huge arm. I love the idea of Heinrich Harburg. It's got he's got good instincts so, as well, so yeah, that helps. Just, he's just so young that I think it's going to take time in a program, like seasons and seasons of of you know reps and work and and kind of building an, and to to get to the time that he can actually get on the field and 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 compete. But to answer your question, no, on the surface, I don't I don't think Logan Smothers kind of uh, looks like the the Mark Whipple quarterback. Yeah, uh, it's going to be an
0: interesting situation to watch cuz i mean you bring in you know you, you don't see many programs bringing in two transfer quarterbacks in one offseason unless mm-hmm. unless they're sitting with zero scholarship
1: quarterbacks in the room when they do it and that certainly was not nebraska's situation what was your uh when they when they uh grabbed um purdy chuba from the portal i'm guessing you Looked at some highlights, watched some games at, at Florida State. What were your uh, initial thoughts on on him as a quarterback? It makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot of sense. I
0: feel like he would have been a, a guy at Pitt if Wimple mm-hmm. had stayed at Pitt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's definitely they've got two different like they've got two different buckets of quarterbacks. They do. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how they thread that needle. And Frost talked about that, um, just kind of continuity with a with a football roster. It's very it's very difficult to have, right now, and it's um, it's not more true anywhere than than at quarterback. Yeah. It's just hard to have multiple solid scholarship guys at quarterback, mm-hmm. and you know we'll we'll see what happens. I it, you know. I don't think it's a, it's not a bad plan. It's, it's, if you're, if you're a coaching staff, like it's like a, you know, it's a good, it's a good plan. (laughs) Like it's It's insurance and insulation a little bit. Um, If you're guys that, that were recruited and then, you know, they're bringing in multiple transfers. I think you're probably looking around like, uh, what, what, what's going on here? But if, I mean, if you're coaching staff, it's, it's, you know,
1: it's insurance. These guys are in a, a bottom line business and, um, and per- go ahead. Um, One thing that I kind of caught my ear with, with Whipple and, and this is, a, this is a second time that we've talked to Whipple and he's mentioned it each time is, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, you know, I don't know what it is, but you know, quarterbacks these days just seem to get hurt more often. And that kind of makes sense when you see a lot more, uh, Zone read running quarterbacks and in, in, in college offenses uh, in modern modern day college football, um, and that kind of makes sense. And he he talks about having a true backup and needing more than one quarterback on the roster because it's so easy for the for those guys to lose time with injuries. And you know the the race for the backup is going to be just as heated as the race for the starter too.
0: Yeah, and I think the good thing that's working in Nebraska's favor is that both of the guys that were here are happy here. They're they like here. I say here. I'm just sitting in a place in Chicago, Illinois. Here being Nebraska, they like where they are. Yeah, um, and I think that's the thing that that is working in Nebraska's favor for sure. What did you have? Any other kind of like? standout thoughts? I mean, you sat, you sat and listened to Whipple the whole time. What, what yeah. did you have?
1: You come away with anything else that, that you found interesting? So with, with Whipple, I tried getting out of him more, but he didn't really get into it too much, but I just find it so interesting. Um, his last season at Pitt. So he, he had, he used 12 personnel a lot, uh, two tight ends out there with a uh, Lucas crawl and then a true freshman, Gavin Bartholomew, who was excellent. He's, he's like, I love that kid over there at Pitt. Um, but He threw to those guys a lot. And I remember doing a a few months ago, a story on how that relates to Nebraska, because obviously Travis Boaklec is back. He's kind of the leader of a really talented and deep um, tight end room, but then it's Thomas Fedoni time, right? He is healthy. He's back from that ACL injury. He is looking the part. I think uh, recently um, somebody said he has grown to, uh, six foot six, six foot five, and around two hundred forty pounds. I asked Mark what what Fedoni is really good at. Route running, he said, was the first was the first thing that came out of his uh, yeah. mouth. And I thought uh, to have a six foot six, two hundred forty pound receiving tight kind of uh, tight end. I mean, that's just like what the college game is is going to, and now the NFL. Um, is using these just athletic freaks, these huge athletic freaks at, at tight end and splitting them out off the line. It's, it just opens up a lot of opportunities, I think, for this offense. And, you know, just to get Thomas out there and, and see what he could do. A lot of fans have been waiting for that because it's been delayed now. But I tried to ask him, ask Whipple, you know, you had two tight ends and Lucas Kroll and Gavin Bartholomew. And now you have a guy like Travis Volkwek was a massive human being. He keeps getting bigger every time I see him. And then a guy like uh, Thomas Fedoni, who is very highly touted, looks the part, um, just, you know, are, are we going to see a lot of similar similarities from from how you used uh, the two tight ends at Pitt? And he didn't get into it too much, but I think he said the overall team speed um, is much better than what he had at Pitt. So that kind of made me think, um, saying the overall team speed is uh, better than what he had at Pitt.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I mean,
1: well, and those two guys, they
0: give you a little bit of versatility because they're not the same. They're not the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, I mean, not, not really close. They're they're just different. Um, Fedoni (laughs) almost got Fedoni hurt at a Warren Academy camp. (laughs) You did. I did. Yeah. But he almost ran
1: into you or something.
0: Yeah. We, I mean, we were just too close. Um, They were running route concepts and, and he did a little quick out in the flat and, he turned around and catch the ball and then turned back around and we were way too close. We should have backed up Greg <laughs> yeah. and I. Um, and it, I mean, it's, Greg was, was in the clear, but like Fedoni had to like, I heard like, Oh, sh-, and then spun around and ran the other way. And I was like, yeah. I would have been the most hated person in the state of Nebraska. If,
1: oh, absolutely. If, <laughs> if, absolutely. If,
0: if any, if any kind of contact had happened, um, yeah.
1: But you yeah, do I have mean, one more thing. If you don't, if yeah, go no,
0: nah, go go ahead, go ahead. Do you have any more thoughts
1: on the tight end though?
0: Tight ends. Yeah, I just think it's it's they they do have um, some very interesting tight ends. I think I kind of I think that's the next like evolution in the game is having the kind of Fedoni like tight end yeah. that can do you know a bunch of different things as a receiver and it isn't just like an inline blocker anymore that can go out and you know run seam routes. I think like that's the next kind of big thing that's coming yeah. is, is having that kind of guy not necessarily like you know like there's like the travis kelsey's in the nfl that's not kind of the the kind of player that i'm talking about like fedoni just feels like it's just a different breed of of tight end and there are other guys like that kind of throughout college football
1: yeah uh kyle pitts is the one that kind of popped up for me like he's yeah obviously like he had an all pro a rookie season six foot six 250 pounds just an athletic freak who's an oversized receiver is what he is yeah and I I, I kind of see a lot of similarities between you know Kyle Pitts and and Fedoni I just would like to see Fedoni do it on a field so he can like yeah. back we can back some of these words up and and you know he will if he, hopefully he stays healthy so uh, yeah. and it kind
0: of like the um the, the lower end of the spectrum I mean that the the more like raw material kind of player i think they kind of wonder if like aj rollins crane prep kid can sort oh, of yeah. do the same kind of thing i mean he's got kind of the same like physical build yeah he's um, big he's they're all big significantly more raw um yeah i think i mean i think it'll be interesting he's got he's got talent he's got tools so got tool, yeah toys to play with exactly so and, and you know that will only help in kind of determining who's going to be the quarterback. You know, if you feel good about your tight ends and your wide receivers and you feel good about the ability of your running backs out of the backfield, which it seems like they do, um, that'll only help in sort of nailing down who's going to play quarterback for you because you know it's not going to be a a situation uh, where, you know, all these incompletions are just dropped balls or guys running the wrong routes. Like, you know, you're going to put on the money or if you don't, it's your fault. Yeah. Any other thoughts from Whipple?
1: Uh, a little bit of Whipple, and then, but it was mainly Mickey Joseph. So during Mickey Joseph's time, um, he was asked about um, the receiving core and what, what he saw as kind of an inside guy, as a slot receiver. And he named four, four names off the top of his head. Uh, so he named Trey Palmer, the LSU transfer, which was kind of a given, like Trey played in the slot at LSU. Um, Omar Manning, he also named as a as a guy uh, to that was playing a lot of inside right now, um, and and then when he mentioned Omar Manning, he mentioned that yeah Whipple yeah Whip likes big targets inside, so that kind of kind of got my my head thinking about like that fits in with Fedoni also, um, but Omar Manning just there's so much. Possibility with with uh inside receivers like you know they're not an outside receiver. There's a sideline right next to them. They're they have the whole middle of the field, and I always found that very very interesting. Um and and I could see Omar Manning really kind of doing good things there as well. But then he also mentioned Brody Belt, who you know a walk on in state kid. A lot of people the have drug that of- Nebraska can never quit. <laughs> a lot of people have different opinions on Brody Belt. Um, <laughs> that's fine. But then he also uh, said isaiah garcia castaneda the transfer from new mexico state and we've seen what he's done he's got some good highlights he's done some good things and and shown off his speed but that was another kind of really interesting thing that kind of popped with my ears just the inside receiver position and and the four names that he that he uh he said with trey palmer omar manning brody belt and then garcia castaneda and they did that last year too with samori toure yeah he played inside yep
0: yeah there's um there, that's another thing like Brandon Vogel sent me a story before the 21 season um, that was looking at like teams are putting their best receiver in the slot. Yeah, more and more. And, you know, to be effective in the slot, you still have there's it's still like you got to be a route tactician. I mean, that's still a prerequisite because there is so much more field. But I mean, you're getting
1: you're getting a matchup advantage one yeah. way or another. If yeah, you're, you're putting, yeah, you're gonna have a linebacker or a safety yep. on you while the other guys have corners that are built for coverage. So there's opportunities there, and that's that's why I like it so much.
0: Yeah, I mean your your guy is gonna be faster or you know, your six foot three, whatever Omar Manning is, you know, Smori Tore was that same kind of size. That guy is gonna be matched up on a nickelback, mm-hmm. um, who's gonna be a little bit shorter or significantly mm-hmm. shorter. So, like, you know. And that's you know again like that you you talk to Whipple and you talk to Frost about some of their philosophies and some of the things they want to do and some of the things they like to do and there's a lot of overlap and there's not a ton of um there just doesn't seem to be a ton of like desire to just throw everything they had in the trash and start anew and you know I don't think there needs to be um, but it's it it is interesting to see that kind of dynamic where they can be super collaborative and at the same time. Frost can can let Whipple do Whipple,
1: mm-hmm.
0: let Whippy whip, let him let him whip them into shape. Oh boy, there you go. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that was the uh, title of a podcast that we used whenever he was announced, whipping them into yeah. shape or something. That's, something dumb. That's like good.
1: That. Uh, when sticking with the receivers uh, talk here, when uh, Mickey Joseph, the receivers coach, was was talking and he, and he named off those four names, he also said. And this goes along with what every assistant coach has been saying about finding the best players and putting them on the field, the best players and putting them on the field. Uh, Mickey Joseph said, we're going to get our best three on the field, best three on the field. So that tells me they're not going to like, like we talked earlier in this podcast, it's not going to be a drastic change. Nebraska was a heavy 11 personnel, 12 personnel team with Austin Allen and Vokalek being out there for majority of the time and 12 personnel. So when Joseph says we're going to find our best three on the field, that tells me that, okay, we might be looking at just a majority of 11 personnel here with either Vokalek, Fedoni, and then just a slot and, and your X and Z on the outsides. So that was another kind of thing that kind of got me trying to picture like a depth chart of, of who would I, who would I put there when, when we're looking at three, three receivers and the tight end.
0: So. You know what that also says? And, you know, again, there's an element of this where we're like, really dissecting a few words early on, but that, yeah. that also says um, there was an element to their offensive game planning last season and in previous seasons where they had just a ton of situational guys. And there mm-hmm. was a ton of rotation at wideout. A ton. A lot. Like, too, like, like un-
1: an unnecessary amount of rotation.
0: Yes. Too much. And, you know, Frost – Caught a ton of slack for that. Um, and, you know, I would say a lot of it was des- deserved. Um, but that that would also kind of signal that you've got situational guys instead of players that can do everything you want them to do. Yeah. So, like, if you if you want your best period three period players, period at wideout, out, like that is a maybe like a shot across the bow that like, Hey, if you're going to play, you got to be well-rounded. You got to, you got to, you know, show. Up. And I think it was it Mickey Joseph that had the phrase, had the, the statement where he's like, you can't um, just show up and, and be a participant. You have to show up. And I, I can't remember the, the exact phrasing that he used, but he's like, you have to show up and, and get better. You can't just show up and, and he's like attendance and participation are two different
1: things. Do you, yeah. do you,
0: you remember what I'm trying to say?
1: um what well, this comment yeah uh was it something like oh i know i know joseph was the one that or frost was the one that said that the receivers aren't getting away with much much of anything because joseph is on them constantly about the standard and and you know what needs to happen and if they don't do it they're not going to play so yeah
0: that's not, that's not the comment that i was thinking of but it's the same it's the same mentality i mean it it yeah. it hits home with the same same kind of thing like you, you got to be good at everything and mm-hmm. you got to take this spring ball seriously, this offseason seriously. Um, you know, I, I, I hope that it's a situation where like Whipple and, and Mickey Joseph sort of, if it's their way, get their way. And, you know, there's not as much rotation and their best players are on the field and they're force feeding their best players, the ball, yep. not too dissimilar from what a Lexington based team did with a, <laughs> guy who used to wear a red jersey people get mad at me when i talk about kentucky why um it was Liam i
1: the great offensive coordinator now i say people go. i think
0: it was it was one person that i think was just like joking <laughs> um, yeah anyway yeah
1: yeah if they yeah. could replicate what what uh liam cohen did with uh wandale robinson at kentucky last year i mean that was so fun to watch and like that progression of his Of his career arc, where it was like down here, and then it was like up here, because it's like what he was made to do. He's made to go catch footballs. So, like, replicate that here at Nebraska. You've got options.
0: Yeah. So, who who are those guys? I did like hearing that Alante Brown got a shout out from the head coach. He did. Uh, That was good to hear. Somebody who I made the comment that Brody Brody Belt is the drug that Nebraska can't quit. Alante Brown is the drug that I can't quit. I love that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: just hasn't been able to stay on the field, but man, he makes you wonder about like what he could all do out there. Cause you know, so, I, yeah. I forget which game it, it was late in the game. He he was in there and he, you know, had a juke, just juke the guy right out of his shoes and, and everyone went like, Oh, like he's got that in him. Wow. Let's, let's like do that again. But they never did. So.
0: It's it, it's definitely one of those situations where potential like way outpaces reality at this point but i mean i'm i'm still on the island so we'll see we'll see how it goes um we'll also see how the rest of spring ball goes if uh if whipple was correct and and we'll have a new number one quarterback on monday or whenever it is you get to talk to everybody again um (laughs) maybe maybe it's it's logan smothers taking number one reps we'll see
1: maybe scott will say that so Whipple doesn't have to say anything. I don't know.
0: I imagine either way, you will have some kind of story on it uh, on HaleVarsity.com. I will, yes. So make sure everybody uh, gets subscribed. HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. And you're reading everything. And you're following Steve on Twitter. And you are subscribed to the rest of the podcasts that Varsity puts out. My podcast, the Varsity Club podcast. And the other podcasts on the Hill varsity network are a proud part of the herd app media network. So you can get the straight up breakdown podcast with Greg Smith. You can get mind your own with Aaron Sorensen. You can get Jacob has two. Jacob is a, a, a big baller and a shot caller. He's got two that you need to subscribe to. Uh, and then Brandon Vogel has, has one that's in the off season right now. So make sure you're getting, getting all of the goods. Um, make sure you're reading everything that Steve puts out excellent writer excellent football talker um and yeah oh, yeah you. yeah that's 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 about everything that i got i appreciate every everyone wow cam i'm gonna need you to edit, edit that part out no he's shaking his head no yeah cool okay leave it in yep i uh i made it through a podcast episode without messing up a name so we'll have this little flub staying at the end. That's fine. Shouts to all you guys for listening every week. Shouts to Cam for producing this. And to you, Steve, for coming on. It's good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Derek. We'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. A Media
1: Production.